Scotty here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network, play-by-play -play voice of the Utah Jazz. David Locke will join us coming up here in just a moment. Uh, as we try to wrap our brain around back-to-back -back losses to the Minnesota Timberwolves, <laughs> the pesky Timberwolves. So our one of our favorites, Kurt Heelan, who joins us every single week. Uh, we love Kurt. He just released a piece, Scotty, and it is entitled Timberwolves over Jazz, one of the strangest season sweeps in <laughs> NBA history. <laughs> That's our friend Kurt Heelan with NBC Sports. He's fantastic. Strange indeed. And to help break it down, David Locke, play-by-play -play voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us. David, how are you? Hey, David. I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. good. Lloyd had a great montage uh, to start the show, uh, working in your calls with uh, on the back-to-back -back games with the um, um, Groundhog Day uh, movie clips. Because oh, it did. It really felt like it was. It was absolutely ground. It was the absolute replica of the first game. It was strange to the point in which Mike Conley commits a turnover at the with like 30 seconds left in both games. So. Let's go through the defensive uh, mistake or miscue down the stretch. I mean, you know, you hit the big three. You're feeling like, okay, here we go. Just got to get one stop. What happened on that final on that final play? Rudy screwed up. It's not more complicated than that. Clearly it was a switch. Rudy didn't switch. I'd be really surprised if Mike switched inappropriately. Like, it's not a time of a game where you usually do, like, a one through four switch. You usually do what's called a blackout, and you switch it all the way across. Um, so, uh, and Rudy said afterwards, like, screwed it up. Like, he got worried about Towns hitting a three, and he screwed it up. And Rudy, I think Rudy screwed up the last play, too, frankly. Um, I'm pretty certain they're not running the pick and roll into the sideline, into traffic, with six seconds left in the game. So, you know, he's won us a tremendous amount of basketball games in his time with us and is the best defensive player in the world and is totally incredible. And on two plays late in the game, he, he screwed it up. You talk about uh, that final offensive possession for the Jazz, the inbound to Mike Conley, and then the, the steal by Ricky Rubio. Kind of walk us through that. You, you talked about Rudy and, and away from ball, but take us more on ball with Mike Conley and what happened there. Well, I mean, I don't know the play call, hand, so it's awfully hard, and this is a classic example where I'm just not with the team. Like, if I'm with the team, I'd have the answer for you right now, and I just there's just no way for me to really get it. Like, I mean, I guess I could pick up the phone and call one of the coaches right now and say, hey, why'd you script the last play? But that's not really – I didn't do it. So you can call that my negligence, and but this is really a case where I don't have an answer for you because I'm not with the team, and – you know, if you've been at practice all year, you've probably seen them. You know, I I know generally most of the – it's interesting. Actually, I'll share this with you. I think this is interesting. So, if you've listened to our broadcast over the years, when there's about five or six seconds left or three seconds left or one second left, or circumstances, Ron and I will tell you the play that's coming, and then it will come. Like, we nail it every single time because we go to practice every day, and we watch them practice these things, and we know what's coming. What's interesting to me is I'm starting to be wrong for the first time in years on this because I haven't been to practice, and therefore, and Quinn's changed things up because they've run enough stuff over time. So I, I'm actually, you know, I don't really know anymore um, the way I once did. Um, you know, even on the, I mean, on the last play there, we kind of got it right that they were going to run Conley on the inbound to that corner for that three, but they actually ran a variation on it that's. And maybe they ran the variation because Ricky Rubio was there and they knew Rubio would know the play and it screwed up Rubio. 
like the variation was that Conley then went out wider for that three than just taking that corner three. Either they adapted or um, Mike just made a read. But so on that last play, they inbound. I mean, I can just tell you what I saw. They inbounded to Conley. Uh, Minnesota didn't have Carl Anthony Towns on Rudy, probably out of some sort of switch. Rudy was up in the area because, if I remember correctly, Joe was having a hard time getting it in. And Rudy's usually the outlet, so Rudy came to the ball, I think, to be the outlet for the pass, to be helpful. And then once he was there, he decided to set a pick for Conley, but the pick angle drove Mike to the sideline and into traffic, and Rubio knocked it away. So I don't know what the play was supposed to be or what or what was intended. I can just tell you what we saw, which is, you know, there wasn't – he didn't try – it's not – we don't use, you don't usually run a pick and roll. So here's the basics. You don't usually run a pick and roll in that circumstance because you're bringing two defenders to the ball without enough time to pass. So everybody would double team the ball or switch it. You know, it's a pure switch time. So you're just not going to gain anything out of that pick. You're either going to be a hindrance or you're not going to gain anything out of that pick and roll. And then two, the way the angle on the pick and roll was rolled Mike Conley into the sideline, into traffic where the ball had just been inbounded. So I'm pretty certain that that's not a play Quinn, who's the master of spacing, whatever diagram. So on those two levels, that's why I'm saying, I think Rudy probably blew that one as well, Hmm. but like, Hey, let's be, you know what? I think I'm going to take another angle on this a little bit. We can, we can be upset that Rudy blew it. And he did like, that's like, it's a great reminder that everyone's human. They're not robots. I know we like to buy their jerseys and pretend that they're not, human beings but it maybe should be an example uh, actually take it the other way which is look at it as though this is a better example of how totally incredibly brilliant these guys are that they actually are human they can make mistakes and they don't usually do it yeah that's you know that's something that hans and i talked about earlier the fact that you you just don't see this happen very often and uh, it, you know as you mentioned just kind of a reminder of of how great guys usually play night in and night out you know, it's interesting, and, you know, you look across the league, there were a lot of kind of head scratchers. I mean, the, the Pelicans blow out the Clippers, 120 to 103. Uh, the Kings blow out the Mavericks. Uh, you know, and so there, there's some games that during and, – and is that kind of this time of year where you're kind of stuck in, you know, and, you know, you got 12, 11 games left before the playoffs and guys might be looking ahead uh, to the playoffs. I know there's a one seat at stake here, but – your focus is kind of looking at bigger things. Can sometimes these games kind of happen in this stretch of the season? Yeah, well, I'm going to take a little bit of a different reason why, though, from what you just explained right there. So first thing is I think everyone's worn down, and so you're going to have some duds. Like, that's been pretty clear. I think I've said that in both the last two conversations with you. But, like, so the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard's played, like, one of their last 13 games. Serge Ibaka hasn't played at all. So everyone on that roster is suddenly having a cumulative effect now while the sh- in a shortened schedule of having a larger burden placed on them. And they played a, I think, full-strength New Orleans Pelicans, maybe not Lonzo Ball, but pretty close. Yeah. And they and they put up a dud, I think, probably playing, I would just guess, I don't know this, but probably playing their fourth game in six nights without Kawhi. Like, not that surprising, like, at all, actually. Um, in fact, if you look at the Clippers – who I'm going to guess started – sorry, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, they don't have Beverly right now, and they don't have Rondo right now, and they don't have Ibaka, and they don't have Kawhi. So they started – I don't know. If you can pull it up, I'd love to know. They probably started Zubak, Paul George, Amir Coffey, Terrence Mann. And I don't Hold even know who right they now. started, the point guard. Reggie Jackson, did he not play? Did he play? Hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. 
Like so I don't know that that team. Morris, I don't know Zubac, that that team. Jackson, George, and Mann were your starting five. Last All right. Time. So is that team better than New Orleans? Uh, no, they're not. So that's not that strange. Dallas, who I don't think had Przingis, so they were shorthanded. Did lose to Sacramento without the Aaron Fox. That's a that's a little funky. Mm-hmm. Um, I frankly don't find our last two losses that crazy. I know everyone's freaking out. But, like, last time I checked, like, our leading scorer averages 26 points a game and has one of the highest usage rates in the NBA is not playing, right? Mm-hmm. Seems to be the case. Like, I didn't miss that, right? 45 didn't play, right? Uh, I think we would have noticed had he played last night. Yeah. Right. So, if you look at the Jazz, if, if the Jazz came into the season and their lineup was Mike Conley, Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Rudy Gobert, where would they have been picked in the West? Run that by me again. So if, if, if we open the season with Mike Conley, Joe Ingles, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, and Rudy Gobert as our starting five, where do you pick us in the West? Seventh or eighth? Uh, I'd go five, six. Yeah, maybe six. Five, six, so better than Dallas. Yeah. I'd go seventh, okay. eighth. Wow. Okay. If Minnesota, when they were healthy, were picked like ninth or tenth, right? Yep. Okay. So we're not like, that far off. Yep. Like that's not that big. Like, I mean, and we had a bad shooting night, and so you went, you know, the two close games. They they could have they were make or miss game last night was certainly a make or miss game. The night before is close to make. Not that stunning actually. Like not that stunning that New Orleans beat the Clippers. Uh, the concern that I have here. For the Jazz, and this is, you know, we have the number one seed and Phoenix has the number two seed right now because we've been the healthiest teams in the West. And what we really have had by being the healthiest teams in the West is not had that cumulative effect that we're talking about with the Clippers. The cumulative effect that we're talking about with the Lakers. Where when they don't have LeBron James and they don't have Anthony Davis, everyone else is being asked to do more and then somebody else, then Dennis Schroeder gets hurt. Right? When you don't have Kawhi Leonard, then Serge Ibaka gets hurt. And Patrick Beverly gets hurt because they get worn out because instead of playing their 26, they're being asked to play their 32. And instead of Mike Conley playing off Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley had to carry the load for the last two nights. And then Joe Ingles looked exhausted last night because he's playing 34 and playing point guard half the night. Like our rightful order of the basketball universe involves the game revolving around Donovan Mitchell for a huge amount of the time and everyone's playing off of him. Like, I know this sounds weird, but Mike Conley's not an all-star this year if he doesn't play with Donovan Mitchell. Oh, I don't disagree with that. Um, right? Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles probably isn't shooting 49%, if not for right. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Right. And so my concern for us right now is as we're grinding toward this one seed and trying to get there and suddenly having a significant injury is the burden upon everybody else on the roster. And the same burden that we watched, like Dallas – had a COVID outbreak and then completely the whole roster fell apart because everyone's being asked to do too much. So, you know, it's the, what we've avoided all year long is this cumulative effect of injuries. And I'm hoping we don't have it right now. Well, as we continue to deal with this Donovan Mitchell situation and, and we'll see as things continue to develop with his recovery, I'm, kind of hopeful that we maybe see him Friday against the Phoenix Suns. No, if it's not, not going to happen. Not, not okay. going to happen. What, what I mean, about the following gonna, Friday? They said it's going to be a week, right, until they reevaluate him again. 
So that was – they're not going to reevaluate him and set him to go. So, no, I think we're still a ways away from Donovan. All right. So with that being said, how likely is it that the Jazz retain the one seed? Probably unlikely. Could the three seed be in play? Without any other injuries, no. That's good to hear. I mean, we'd have so to really, we'd have to lose, we'd have to, Joe would have to sit out, like we'd have to have the cumulative effect of injuries kick in and have Joe need some rest and Mike need some rest and, you know, Boyan have something happen, though Boyan, you know, might actually not be the human we were talking about. He might be the robot. So, you know, um, it, it, so the, the side effect, though, David, is having this, you know, cumulative effect that you talk about where guys are asked to do more and guys are asked to play roles that uh, and, and pick up in areas that they may not have to is and, – and, and while you're still chasing a one seed, meaning you need guys to play hard and play extra minutes, that doesn't give you any kind of a cushion for any, you know, load management to give a guy a rest going into the playoffs – uh, and, and, you know, your concern of, of where you're at team-wise, even with Donovan Mitchell back in the lineup going into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's really complicated. Now, I don't know how the playoff schedule works, but with the play-in game, um, your season ends on Sunday. I don't think the f- official first round of the playoffs starts till the next Saturday or Sunday, right? No, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. You're so you have, yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. So the you, one, you might the, have a solid week there. The one nice thing about the one seed is you're guaranteed to play the last game of the first round yeah. because the team you've played will have already played two games. Hey, David, I was going to ask you this today. Can you walk me through? So you've got the the seven, eight, nine, and ten on the play-in. How do they determine who fills the seven and eight out of those four teams? By the way, isn't this the greatest thing ever? Um, this has well, added so much to the season. It's incredible. All right, so is there a certain – I mean, you know, look, Mark Cuban's going to run his mouth. and, and Oh, they, he's and just mad because no, no, his, no, no. Team, I know, exactly. his team he, is not in it. That's, right, that's, right. What, I'm, that's he, what I'm saying. If he was the two yeah. or three seed, he wouldn't be – almost. Said right, he's not mad he anymore. They're in six seed now. Now he likes it. Yeah, exactly. But is there an element – and I'm just going to play devil's advocate just for a second, and I'm sure you're going to yell at me. But is there no, a second? I wouldn't yell you. I'm not in a sour mood. Of devaluing the regular season for a team that earned a, you know, that had the seventh or eighth best record in the West. Like, okay, so like the Kami Mutombo like pulled an upset out of the eighth seed yeah, once, and like I Seattle. think somebody else won a seventh seed once over the Knicks. Come on, Knicks beat the Heat. Yeah, yeah. Like, who cares? Like the seventh and eighth seeds, really? Like, who cares? And we've made it exciting. Like, Boston and Miami are playing two games coming up here at the beginning of the month that very well could determine whether one six or seven. That's a pretty big difference. The other one that's a very subtle, subtle difference is eight versus nine, to Hans's question, is crazy different. So if you're eight, you only have to win one game to make the playoffs in two chances. Hmm. If you're nine, you have to win two games in two chances. That's a considerably big difference. So the way it works is seven plays eight, and the winner advances to the seventh seed. Nine plays ten and advances to play the loser of seven-eight. So we've created a race for six 
We've created a race for eight, and we've created a race for ten. We've taken the single most boring aspect of the play, of the regular season and made it interesting. Hmm. And then there's a race for four or five, obviously, because that's home court. And there's a race for one, two, because that's home court in the first two rounds. And then there's a race for one, which is home court throughout the conference. Right? So we've literally created a race for one, a race for two, a, a race for four, a race for six, a race for eight, and a race for ten. It's great. All right. It doesn't devalue the regular season. It actually increases the value of the regular season. I've actually... See, I told, I told him I was going to make him mad, and now he just hung up. Well, I think his, his explanation of how that plan works actually helps me understand how this doesn't really take away from the regular season. I don't think it really does take away from the regular season. I don't either. Because, because now, that's why I'm saying I'm playing devil's advocate. Now yeah. you're fighting to stay out of the seven or eight. So you're, you're still, yeah. you know, like look at Dallas. They're in a panic. You don't think that the regular season games matter to them right now? Or, or you could say the same for Portland or Memphis, who would love to get out of the seven and the eight. So every game means a lot to them. But then every game means a lot to the 10th in Golden State. Yeah. Because if they can stay in the 10 and win two games, then – they get a chance to be in the postseason, and I'm sure Steph would love that. So, but, you know, and, and, you know, my only count – and, by the way, I agree with you. I agree with David. I mean, I, I'm just saying that yeah, if I'm a 7 and 8 looking at it and I way. did what was required of me to make the playoffs – In the past. In the past, and now I no longer am the playoffs because I lost two games. You know, if I'm the – if I'm the – if I'm a 7 seed and I lost to the 8 seed and then I lost to the winner of the 9-10 game and got shot. and I'm out and I'm like and I cost my organization millions and millions of dollars of revenue in first round even though I probably get games. swept off of two games out of 72 I'm a little salty about that two so that that that's my only point yep. wait one sec 7th is 7th out of 15 David I'm telling you I agree with you I'm not I'm eight just I'm is just 8th out of 15 right Correct. Yes. So just make it a six, and then shut up. Don't I don't disagree, David. Right. Like, but you are you are Mark looking Cuban, at okay. when Mark Cuban was complaining, and his team had as many teams that were better than him than worse than him in the conference. Yeah. Like that. Be quiet. Like it's not a good argument. Yeah. Well, it is. You know, when you're an owner of a team in a in a pandemic, and you need that uh, you need that postseason postseason well, revenue like crazy. Playoff. And you're you're a seven team, and you would have done everything that was required of you in years past. And because you lost two games, you get nothing. I mean, that's the a hard pill to swallow. It's all a the world hard to swallow. It is. Let's just have a thirty team playoff so we can make more money. I, hey, I'm down with that. <laughs> I, I do understand I, I, both, I honestly, both arguments. Honestly, I actually, um, I think it's just a totally great. Like, I really think it's it's a million times better than I thought it would be. It's been um, and, really – it makes, like, it what it does every night when I look at, like, who's playing, I, there's, like, a ton of games that are interesting. Like, Oklahoma City-Boston's not an interesting game tonight. Oh, but it is. Like, oh, but, wait, but it is. Because it is. Boston's right? trying like, to tell you not to yeah. say it. This yeah. The seven. Like, no, Toronto – Brooklyn at 41-20 and 20 versus Toronto at 26-35 and 35 is not an interesting game except for the fact that if Toronto wins, they're, like, suddenly in the playing game. Dallas, 
Dallas, the sixth seed against Golden State, the 10th seed, is not an interesting game except for the fact that it is. Like, if Golden State wins tonight, they move to eight. And long-term, you know, maybe it keeps teams uh, from uh, packing it in and uh, playing for lottery spots. Absolutely changed the tanking. Yeah. So, essentially, this makes it better for everybody except for the potential seven and eight seed who would have earned it. And, and David Point, I get it, like, hey, just be a six and shut your mouth. I, or I totally be a seven it. and eight and just win the and game. Just, and just win your games, yeah, yep, 100%. Right, and Kevin Pelton can do this, and I can't. Um, but, like, the math on if you have to win, like, if you have a 50% chance to win a game and you play two of them, I think you have, like, a 75% chance of winning a game. And if you have a 50% chance of winning a game and you have to win two, you only have a 25% chance of making it out. Like, the advantage of 7-8 is actually a way bigger than 9-10. Like, I don't think, like, conception – it doesn't feel like it, right? You win the 9-10 game, and all you have to do is win one game to get in. But if you assume that all these teams are average and you're flipping a coin to get heads twice in a row, you have a 25% chance of that. Getting heads once – in two flips, you have a 75% chance of that. It's a really big difference to be 7-8 versus 9-10. David, always a pleasure, my friend. Um, By the way, I got I got your text. I'll send that after the show. Okay, thank you. And I'll send you another text. I have two funny texts to send you, so we'll have a private conversation. Okay. okay. I, I just Bye. didn't want you to think I was ignoring you. No, I know. You're, all, you know, you're big time. Everyone ignores me. I got it. I know. I, that's why I get loud. I get loud, so I get heard. I read phone books on the air so people pay attention. You're the man, David. Appreciate it. Thanks, See David. You. David Locke right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.